Okay, folks, it's good to see you this morning. Uh, page 22 in your quarterly. Uh, maybe you had an opportunity to read more than one lesson, but I, I don't get too far ahead of myself. I said that to remind you that what we're reading there uh, is the letters to the seven churches in the book of Revelation that we cover in chapters 2 and chapters 3, okay? So, uh, last week we studied the first, uh, and there was indictment against the church as well as commendation there with the church at Ephesus. Today, the church at Smyrna, and what's unique or one of the unique things about them is that they don't, uh, they don't have any condemnation against them. They are a group of people that the Lord is extending praise to, so we're... Uh, as we read of, of each of these churches, what stands out usually more to us than anything is how uh, he would strongly rebuke some of them. So uh, today, uh, for those of you who might be watching on YouTube this morning or at any other point during our week, uh, you can look in your Bible at Revelation chapter 2, and we'll be looking at verses, or beginning at verse number 8, okay? Uh, so uh, follow along with us well, if you will, today. Let's pray as we begin. Father, thank you so much, Lord. Uh, thank you for your grace. Thank you for your sufficiency in everything and in every way as we have need. God, I pray that you will just uh, look in the body of Christ here at Second Baptist. And Lord, that you'll also meet the needs of we, your people, but Lord, you'll also challenge us in areas where we might have grown comfortable or even complacent. So Lord, we praise you, we honor you now in everything that we say and do. In Jesus' name, amen. The writer uh, opens up the subject matter just by asking a question. Have you ever been scared? Uh, he said, I mean scared to the point that you feared for your life. Now, the reality of all of that is we've all had our moments. Now, maybe not just like a particular moment this guy is describing, but as we have all had our moments, uh, there, there probably have not been large amounts of those, but yet we know that they are real. Uh, he was talking about a particular time there uh, when they were doing prayer walking, and in the midst of that, uh, there were some uh, people in that area who began to shout, kill the Christians, kill the Christians. And they were pointing uh, at this little group of these people uh, that uh, the author, if I understand it correctly, was a part of. He said as they later reflected upon what had happened, they realized they didn't have to be afraid because we do, or because we're told in the Bible that for those who follow Jesus, they would face times of persecution, but he would be with them. Now, we know that while we're sitting here comfortably in a place in which we have not received any death threat, threats or we've not had anyone uh, move in and try to uh, cause any harm to us, we can say amen to that phrase that, yes, the Lord has said he'll be with us. But the reality is there is someone somewhere, even probably as we speak, that are having those same threats, and as a result of that, what they are facing could lead to 
loss of life. I was reading an article, I think it was Friday night or it might have been yesterday, reading an article about a missionary uh, that had been uh, decapitated uh, within the last year or so. And it, talk, it, was the, it was the missionary's wife who was talking uh, about this incident and she said not only did they decapitate him, but they uh, had, had cut his tongue out. Uh, and, and when you stop to think about that, friend, we here in our, our nation, we can, just, we can just think, oh, how, how cruel, and, but yet and still there's people facing these things every day. So with that in mind, uh, let's just move a little further in the passage and see what the Lord gives us concerning this uh, place uh, called Smyrna or this place of Smyrna. Again, I'm reading from Revelation chapter 2, verse 8. So if you have your Bibles and you're following that way, he said, Write to the angel of the church in Smyrna, Thus saith the first and the last, the one who was dead and came to life. I know your affliction and poverty, but you are rich. I know the slander of those who say they are Jews and are not, but are, uh, but are a synagogue of Satan there, or of the devil. Now, uh, he's drawing our attention there to uh, this truth, or the one who is speaking this truth, and it's Jesus himself. Look how it's described. The first and the last, the one who was dead and has come to life. Now, if you were writing that sentence, you might would write it a little easier for us to read in the English. However, you know, moving from King James, uh, which uh, in, in its way was, uh, was uh, translated, and then moving to other translations, we sometimes lose uh, some of the uh, simplicity uh, of the way it is uh, being presented. So as I'm looking at this, the first and the last, uh, he also, in other places, would refer to himself as the Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. So when looking at this, uh, we can easily see, because we're living on this side of the cross, we can look back to him and uh, get a visual there of him uh, in his way or in his person, okay? Okay. Look now, the church in Smyrna, the writer said, was located in a unique city. It was located about 35 miles northwest of Ephesus. Now that doesn't seem very far, does it, from uh, the church at Ephesus that we studied last week. But can you imagine 35 miles uh, in the day that uh, they were riding, in the day that they were uh, coming forth? 35 miles might have been a two-day trip or something, according to what their method of travel might have been. However, Smyrna was considered one of the grandest cities in the entire Roman Empire. Uh, beautiful architecture, strong ties to Rome, the first city to build a temple to the goddess of Roma. So again, like the church in Ephesus, uh, there are some similarities uh, there were, they were prestigious places. Uh, there was the gospel that had been presented there. However, not just those two things, uh, but there also was uh, the 
the idolatry that we find in Ephesus as well as here. Now, the word Smyrna is a Greek word for myrrh, an ointment or oil used specifically for the burial of the dead. With that in mind, uh, again, he talks about myrrh being what the Magi, or at least one of the gifts the Magi brought to the baby Jesus, and uh, gives us a little bit better understanding of myrrh, okay? Now, in our day and time, uh, I don't know, you might could go buy some myrrh, uh, but, you know, you'd, you'd probably be uh, getting some kind of unfortunate duplicate or something there. Now, let's move beyond that. He said, here was Christ's church in a city whose name was associated with death, and unfortunately, the persecution the church experienced would even bring them to the point of death. That would be covered in verse 10 when we'll read that in a moment, okay? There are uh, great perils uh, of believers still. We, we would like to think it's all in foreign countries, but it uh, likewise has come to our country as well. And there are men, there are those uh, who are standing uh, facing uh, sin, they're facing the sinners as well, and uh, their lives could be in jeopardy as we speak. He said in times of difficulty, it's good to know the Lord hasn't forgotten us. Have you ever felt that God didn't know where you were? He, he didn't maybe uh, care what you were going through? You know, if, you, if you've ever been depressed, you could easily get there. But uh, here what we see is he reminds them, I know your affliction and poverty. He says in verse 9, but you are rich. Now when I read this uh, the, first of la- the first of this past week and turned around and tried to review on this, notice how he tells them they are in poverty but they're rich. If you remember the letter to the Laodicean church in chapter 3, they thought they were rich, but he said to them, you're poor. Amazing sometimes how we see things from a perspective that maybe the Lord would give us better understanding on. Most likely, uh, we ourselves uh, in our day and many of the churches would, uh, would, if they're honest with themselves, we would think we're much better off than we really are. We might would think we're much closer to the Lord than we were. Uh, so with that in mind, uh, the Smyrna church here was a church that were pleasing. And we begin to find that out here in verse 9 when he told them they were rich. Now I'm not necessarily thinking he means that they had all the money that uh, they could use. or uh, He's probably not saying that you have the, the finest of clothes and uh, the finest of everything. He's referring to a spiritual uh, place, and they, they were a very fortunate people. Jesus, however, uh, the, the writer said, Jesus used, however, is uh, much... Uh, Harsher, it refers to being utterly destitute when he's talking about poverty, okay, uh, as, as we see it. Have you ever met somebody that literally, in our estimation, had nothing? They were very poor. You know, and uh, as like I hear people 
talk who came through the Depression, they said we were poor and didn't know it. And have you ever really met somebody that really didn't have much of anything, but they came across as the happiest people in the world? And the reality of that is we probably don't know how to, to, uh, to be thankful for the little when we've got so much. What's that? Money will not buy happiness. That's right, Miss McDonald, it never will. Uh, so with that in mind, let's remember now this church that we're looking at was not one of the affluent churches uh, when it comes to properties and when it comes to other things. But yet he says you're rich. Now we remember churches aren't buildings, are they? Churches are, uh, is people. And as a result of that, what made the church in Smyrna so great was the people who were there. And because of that, the Lord gives a, a, a great statement. I'm on page 24, and He talks about the church was impoverished and lacking in material resources. They were rich, though, because of their relationship to Jesus. Nothing, He said, can bring greater satisfaction or joy than being in a relationship. These folks were being slandered, and the word slander in this passage is the same from which we get blasphemy. So, man, they were being talked about on the street corner or maybe down Main Street, and as a result of that, these folks were being opposed in great ways. However, as they faced uh, harsh persecution, they were rich in spiritual blessings because their relationship was steadfast in Jesus Christ. That's one thing nobody can ever rob us of unless we allow them to. And that is our fellowship and relationship with the Lord Jesus. And the Lord tells us that He is the vine and we're the branches. And we must stay eternally attached to the vine in order to produce fruit. This church was producing fruit and uh, we see that so clearly. Now he gives them some encouragement. He has told them that he recognizes where they are, and uh, he knows their affliction, he knows their poverty. But now in verse 10, on page 24, he said, Do not be afraid of what you are about to suffer. Look, the devil is about to throw some of you into prison to test you. He will... Uh, and you will experience affliction for ten days. Be call or be faithful to the point of death, and I will give you the crown of life. Now, as he uh, gives his perspective to them, notice it goes in the form of a letter, okay? If our church were to open a letter today and someone uh, uh, had written that, matter of fact, I went to my desk, uh, between the services, I had those 10 minutes, so I went in there and uh, I looked. Somebody had laid a card on my desk and it said, to the church. Now, thankfully, it wasn't a letter from Jesus to the church. Because I don't know if we'd want to read what he might say. But, you know, we would want to think that uh, what he would have to say would be encouraging, but also would be enlightening. So he said, don't, y'all don't be afraid of what you're about to suffer. Now, how would he know what they were about to suffer? He's the omniscient one. He knows everything. I tell people quite often, I don't know anybody who knows everything. I've had some people tell me they did, 
but it sure didn't take long to figure out they didn't know everything. Look at it. He said, I know what you're about to suffer. Did you know he knows that about us today? He knows right where we are. He knows what's going to be next week. And, and as we think about that, it really should make us cling to him even greater. He told them not to fear. said they had faced tremendous trials, tribulation, persecution. He says there, we are told repeatedly in Scripture about 365 times to not be afraid. Not be afraid. Don't be afraid. Oh, I used to be deathly afraid of the dark. You know, seriously, when I was a kid growing up, there were, I had a lot of fears. You know, thank the Lord He's dispelled a lot of them. But yet there's still things, spiritually speaking, or, uh, or physically speaking, that, that we might still need to be overcomers in. These needed words of encouragement because persecution did come. The Jews hated the Christian as much as the pagans did. Notice, he mentions they would be imprisoned. Some would be killed. On the bottom of page 24 in the left margin, he talked about the, well, the most well-known case was Polycarp, pastor of the church at Smyrna several years after Jesus' message to the church. Polycarp refused to follow the demands by the Roman proconsul to recant his faith in Christ and proclaim that Caesar was Lord. They threatened to burn him at the stake, yet he remained strong in his faith. His words to them were, You threaten me with fire, which burns for a little while and is soon extinguished. You do not know the coming fire of judgment and eternal punishment reserved for the ungodly. What are you waiting for? Do what you wish. If we took the time to dig out the testimonies of these people who have endured faithfully, died at stake, what we would discover is that there have been many martyrs in the former days. However, they are still those things happening in our day. It's just, it's just that we don't see so much of that in our particular uh, land. Page 25, just the very top of the page, he's talking about fear and overcoming fear. But he reminds us there that the church at Smyrna was one of the two churches without any negative qualities uh, there. And then he asked us to circle some of the reasons uh, you see, uh, some of the reasons you've seen a church or a believer face fearful circumstances. Now, I don't know about you, when I came to that part, I just had to highlight all of them because, yes, there are people who have faced this because of sin. There are those who've uh, lived in places because it's an evil society. Sometimes it is tests that we go through. Uh, opposition by unbelievers, and yet they're national disasters. Probably your circle is not too small to have uh, be able to recall somebody who's been in situations uh, like this as uh, we speak. But the church at Smyrna was one of those unique churches. We don't find that it is a large church. We don't find that it is a 
quote, prominent church that is mentioned a lot through Scripture. Matter of fact, I don't think that it is mentioned in the book of the Acts. But yet and still, when the Lord gives, uh, uh, when He gives praise, He gives them a double portion of that. Dwight L. Moody on the bottom of page 25 said, He that overcometh shall inherit all things. God has no poor children. Now, when I read the first part of that, I knew that was a part of a quotation from Scripture, but I really loved that second part when uh, D.L. Moody said, God has no poor children. We might live like it. We may act like it. We might even talk like it. But there are no poor children in God's family. Why? Because He's our supplier. As we turn the page, uh, this reminds us that Polycarp stayed faithful till he died. He knew the persecution that was there, knew what was happening, but also knew what would happen, but yet he stayed faithful. I've seen people do that. However, we've not lived in the day like Smyrna was facing, etc. Some have, but I have not personally got in those circles of people. Now, the crown of life mentioned... He said to those who remain faithful to even or to him even if it costs them their lives. So there, there was strong encouragement there, there for these folks as well as people like them as well, okay? Anybody have a thought on any of this? A word? Okay, let's read verse 11. We, we have found now he has, uh, gave, he has given his perspective on what is coming. Matter of fact, before I move on, I'm just sort of glad to tell you today, I'm, sometimes I'm glad I don't know what is ahead. Because I, I may not have the faith to look at it faithfully, and I might, I might would live under some unbearable grief and sorrow, knowing what might come. Now, the closest we get to knowing what might come is the passages in Scripture that talks about the Lord's judgment and from some of those experiences of others in similar times. Absolutely. Absolutely. It has happened. In, in, in reality, we believe that it will continue to escalate. We, we are fortunate that it hadn't came close to us. But when, when the devil unleashes uh, his venom... In, in a means whereby he is not limited, believe me, it, it will be tougher than I could ever think or imagine. Thank you for reminding us it is happening in America. Not on the scale like we see it happening in other places. The, the mention that I gave to you earlier in the introduction about the missionary was, uh, I forget, I think it was in Nigeria. I'm getting some recall concerning what I'd read. And there were a group of those people who, who were prayer walking and sharing faith. Uh, and that is 
the one that the lady talked about her husband, you know, had faced their judgment, he, he, you know, with decapitation, etc. And I think I remember reading that that particular uh, area where this happened was only 13% Muslim. You know, we want to think that they're 97% Muslim, and they've caused it all. Now, listen, this is just... This is just that hellish response to the gospel. Satan, the adversary, the cults, and different things uh, can be traced to see where they oppose Christ and they oppose His believers. Remember, Jesus gave us a good word on that when He said there, if they stood against me, and that's not a quote, but if they oppose me, surely they will oppose you as well. So we can at least expect that. It shouldn't catch us off guard. Verse 11 said, Let anyone who has ears to hear listen to what the Spirit says to the churches. The one who conquers will never be harmed by the second death. Now, we find this phrase uh, uh, there at verse 11, Let anyone who has ears to hear, without me going back and reading all seven letters, and saying emphatically it's there for every letter, I could be off, but it is repeated almost every one of those letters. He who hath ears, let him hear what the Spirit saith to the churches. Now, not necessarily talking about a physical ear, is he? You know, seriously, thank God for hearing. But he's talking about spiritual ears as well. Uh Yes, this letter most likely would have been read to the church at Smyrna. Yes, it could have involved a physical ear. But we also need to remember the Spirit speaks to us in a way that's not audible, so we need to be listening uh, at every command. Notice he said here what the Spirit says to the churches. The one who conquers will never be harmed by the second death. Now, the writer gives us some thoughts there on the bottom of page 26. He said there, uh, concerning this uh, thought, he said that uh, there was a need that the churches would not just hear the words, but take them to heart. In other words, it's like a message. You know, a uh, pastor stands there and he preaches 30 minutes. Now, y'all need to be thankful. There's some of these pastors I read on the Internet said they preach in 102 minutes or they're preaching uh, almost an hour, and I'm thinking, how do you poor guys stand it? More than that, I'm thinking, how does their poor congregation stand it, you know? He just says, hear. Now, what are some of the ways we hear what the Spirit might say to the churches today? We can read it, can't we? We need to hear from this. We also uh, not only can just read it, but we can hear it through radio, television, uh, worship, etc. So, uh, he said, here, take it to heart. And he said, we want to make sure the audience hears our words correctly and can carry them out in the proper way. The real part of listening is acting on the words and the instruction given. Notice on the bottom of the page, he talks about anything Jesus says is important. He underscored that and called them to pay careful attention to his words for living if they wanted to receive the reward promised them. So with all of that in mind, he's, he's given them that warning 
or in that encouragement to listen very attentively. Now, sometimes I'm a daydreamer. You ever been a daydreamer? Yes, I can be trying to listen to this, and I can be focusing on this, and sometimes my wife brings it to my attention. And I'll have the TV on over here, and she'll be telling me something over here, and I'll be trying to read something here. And You know what? I'm not giving it my best when I do that. The Lord deserves our undivided attention, doesn't He? And if I learned that, uh, I, I can tell you from experience uh, how God wants us to hear everything there. In the close of the lesson on page 27, uh, he asked us what are some of the ways our church might be like the church at Smyrna and so forth. I love the little illustration under that. I hope you read it. Talking about the old story of the man applying for a job at the telegraph office. He entered the office, saw the sign on the wall telling him to fill out the application, take a seat until, it was, until he was called for an interview. Said the man filled out the application, sat down among several other applicants. In a few minutes, the man stood up and walked through the doors where the interviews were taking place. After a brief time, he came back along with the manager who announced the job had been filled. Needless to say, the other applicants became upset and complained that they were never given a chance to be interviewed. Besides, the man who got the job was the last man to fill out an application. The manager told them that if they had been listening, they would have heard the telegraph ticking out a message, of which the message would have been, If you understand this message, come into the office and the job is yours. Pay attention, literally, you know. Now, I can't maybe read that message, but I think it does have a good story to it, doesn't it? Be paying attention to all words, simple words, because, hey, God has a word in these things for us. Jesus finished the letter by telling them they need not fear even death. Hebrews chapter 2, I think it's about verse 14. Uh, tells us about uh, Jesus coming to defeat the devil, but also to deliver those of us who were for our lifetime subject to the fear of death even. So he's telling them, don't fear. And lastly, he said, none of us knows how we will die, but those who know Christ will not experience the second death. You remember what the second death is, don't you? You're not going to have to die the second time. The second death is eternal separation from the Lord Jesus and the Lord's people. Second death is the assignment there to the lake of fire, hell. Uh, and that's, that's why he says emphatically, those who know Christ will not experience the second death. Any thoughts now before we close? Okay, you who are listening to us by YouTube today or joined in with us, uh, next Sunday we'll be looking at Revelation chapter 2, verse 12. It's the church at per Pergamos. Now, he uses a different word in the HCSB Bible, Pergamum. Uh, but in New King James, it just gives you a little different form of the same word. So, if you will, read ahead. 
Revelation chapter 2, verse 12 through verse number 17. And we'll find that third letter that is mentioned here in this uh, book, okay? Thank you. God bless you. Uh, Do your needs. We'll be here for worship here in about 25 minutes, okay?